the situation in central Ontario is uh, not great, to say the least. We've got flooding uh, in cottage country. We've got flooding in Ottawa. And so the army right now is in Bracebridge. They're helping out the reservists. They're helping fill sandbags. Our prime minister was filling sandbags the other day. And it's come to our attention that sandbags actually might have their limitations. Let's start with when they're effective. Well, sandbags are effective as a last ditch tool um, to block water around small areas, um, around sort of you know, neighborhoods, perhaps uh, around homes. But they're really only effective for a short period of time because as soon as they get saturated and wet, the water just goes through them and they tend to fail. Do they also have a problem with, with ultraviolet rays hitting them? Um, so I'm not actually an expert in the materials that make them up, but yeah, that, that's one of the things that they, that happens to them is they deteriorate over time. So it depends what the what material is used to create the sandbag. But um, as you know, sun and other natural elements hit them, they deteriorate and they will fail. So they're really only effective for a for, for a short period of time. And if you leave them out for months at a time, they just they just collapse. And so if you have a long duration flood, so something on the order of weeks they will not necessarily be effective. Why are they so attractive to us? Why do we keep leaning on this? This has been our defense for centuries. Exactly. It's been our defense for centuries. So I think it's something that, you know, everybody can understand um, how it works. Um, and there, I mean, and there are ways to make them work better, for sure. Um, and they're on hand, right? Every fire station, every emergency operations center can have a, a, a pile of bags um, sitting in the garage. You can have the sand, you know, it, it's readily available. So it's something that everybody can can make and, and build. And also, I think the other intangible benefit we see from sandbags is that people come together to, to make sandbags and feel like they're fighting the flood as a community, which when there is uh, a natural hazard event is really what, you know, sort of keeps people going during the event in terms of their own mental health is that, that feeling of community and coming together and doing something. That's really interesting. I would not have thought there'd be a psychological uh, benefit to sandbagging your house. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, this is all anecdotal. I right. haven't actually seen a, a paper on it, but right. that, I mean, but that's certainly the sense you get when you go out to when you're on when you're on a line like that. That you know, there's there's a feeling that you know you're doing something. Whereas if you are relying on other measures, um, then you are sort of watching uh, civic staff out there building something or using other tools, and so maybe that's not quite as effective a way as bringing a community together. I have heard it's a more effective way of keeping the water out. Sure. I have heard that, you know, that, that sandbags, you can support them with a sandbag dike. Do you know, can you describe what a sandbag dike is? Well, I think what that means is that a, sand, a sandbag, so sandbags themselves, you know, you pile them up and then water will, will go through those inter- those spaces in between the bags. But if you wrap them in plastic, um, then that's, that's less likely to occur. And that is absolutely best practice if you are building a sandbag dike is to wrap it in plastic. And so there are lots of examples online um, from various government sources that will show you how to build a proper sand. If, if, if you have to use a sandbag, then this is the way to do it to make sure um, that it is as good as it can possibly be. The other huge thing about sandbags is that they are terrible to dispose of, and that's what, that's the mm. big issue that people don't talk about. They are contaminated soils that have to go to landfill. Wow. It can take months, months and months and months to recover, and it costs a lot of money. So the example I have from the Okanagan is that it cost $20 million in 2017 to remove the sandbags and take I, them to landfill. I would imagine the temptation is to just empty them, you know, for people that aren't in the know. So, 
Yeah, no, those are toxic. So wow. If they've, been, if they've been hit by the floodwaters, they are toxic. Um, you need protective equipment, respirators, all of that to, to, to properly dispose of them. So I think that's something that people will have to be aware of in Ontario. So we see um, the flood the mitigation plan, but we don't see the, the after effect. There's a lot that goes into the cleanup. Absolutely. And so that's, again, why sandbags certainly aren't the best solution out there. And there's many other ways. What is a better solution? Well, I mean, there's all the big solutions around flood management in terms of thinking about how we're designing our communities, not putting people in the high flood hazard areas, for example, really rethinking how we're building our buildings so that they can get wet, for example. And then for these temporary emergency measures, there are other solutions that include things like aqua dams or tiger dams, these big bladders that go up to stop the water. Um, There are lock blocks that are available to go into people's doors. You can get flood doors that are actually that actually are impenetrable to water. Hmm. Um, you can put blocks in your basement windows, or better yet, not have a basement at all. So there are lots of other solutions out there, both at the building scale and, more importantly, at the at the neighborhood and the big picture scale that, that can and should be used, and we're not using them effectively today. Is it because they're long-term goals? They are long-term things, and they don't work on the cycles we have, and also they are at odds with the things that people want to do, which is live next to water. Um, but we need to start getting in there and regulating and um, putting money um, into these programs now so that we have flood maps, so we have flood plans, so that down the road we are not experiencing the costs associated with floods. But secondly, we're not, more importantly, arguably, that we're not um, having all of the health and the mental health and all of the other impacts that go along with floods. It's not just the dollars, it's the people and the environment that really matters, and that's rarely considered when we're looking at flood management solutions. Tamson, I want to thank you. It's been fascinating talking to you, especially finding out that you you have to properly dispense of your sandbags. That's just, I don't think the average person had any idea that that is uh, something that we have to be aware of. And that's got to have a huge cost to communities. Huge cost, huge mental health cost, huge health cost because of the contaminants in, in the bags. Thanks so much for being here. Have yourself a fantastic afternoon. All right, you too. Thanks. Cheers. As Samson Lyle, she's principal engineer for Ebwater Consulting out in BC. Wow. Sandbags. I mean, we're filling them, but we have to do something with them after we fill them.